Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Mel Tamburak. I'm the host and producer of the podcast SESTA. We aim to harness the power of arts and culture to foster conversation and build peace in Cyprus. I'll be your guest host for this month of Womanica. Today we're talking about someone who mobilized women across the world to take a stand against nuclear war. Her organizing was instrumental in getting the US and the Soviet Union to agree to a partial ban on atomic testing. Let's talk about Dagmar Wilson. Dagmar Wilson was born in New York City on January 25, 1916. Her father was a foreign correspondent, so Dagmar spent most of her childhood in London. In 1937, she graduated from the Slate School of Fine Art. Soon after graduating, Dagmar married Christopher Wilson, a British embassy officer. Dagmar and Christopher moved to Washington, D.C. There, she had three children, all girls, and worked as a children's books illustrator. As Dagmar cared for her children and worked on her art, the specter of nuclear war appeared on the horizon. In August of 1961, East Germany erected the Berlin Wall. In the following months, both the US and the Soviet Union began conducting an unprecedented amount of nuclear tests. Global radiation levels spiked. These nuclear tests produced radioactive fallout that lingered in the atmosphere. This concerned Dagmar and many others. Some mothers sent their children's baby teeth to researchers to get them tested for the presence of radioactive materials. In September of 1961, Dagmar was hosting a cocktail party when she heard the news that the philosopher Bertrand Russell had been arrested in London for participating in anti-nuclear demonstrations. Dagmar was furious. She later said she felt like chartering a plane and going over to picket the jail. She didn't fly to London, but the next morning in Washington, Dagmar called every woman that she knew, urging them to take the dangers of nuclear weapons seriously. Dagmar tapped into networks of women from church groups, parent-teacher associations, and women's clubs, using phone trees and chain letters to spread her message across the country. And on November the 1st, six weeks after her cocktail party, Dagmar's efforts culminated in the Women's Strike for Peace. 50,000 women in 60 cities across the U.S. and abroad left their homes and their jobs, taking to the streets to demand nuclear disarmament. Their slogan was, End the arms race! not the human race. Dagmar led a protest of over a thousand women to the base of the Washington Monument. They were mostly well-educated and middle-class. They were skirts and hats and white clothes. Many of them identified as housewives, and they wanted their children to live in safety, free from the dangers of the radioactive fallout and nuclear war. The Women's Strike for Peace was the largest women's peace protest of the 20th century. Over the next few years, Dagmar and the women involved continued picketing, marching, organizing letter-writing campaigns, and attending international conferences. Dagmar's activism didn't go unnoticed. In 1962, the House Un-American Activities Committee, a group formed in Congress to root out communism, began to suspect that the women of the Women's Strike for Peace were secretly communist sympathizers. To Dagmar and her fellow activists, this accusation was absurd, and they treated it as such. On the day of the hearing, women packed the hall with their children in tow. Strollers littered the aisles. The women turned the hearing into a comedy, laughing and clapping as testifiers were called up to speak, presenting the testifiers with roses when they finished. 
After Dagmar testified, she got an entire bouquet of flowers. Dagmar later described it as the one great moment of her life, saying, I had the opportunity not only to confront my accusers, but also to make them look like idiots. A year later, in 1963, the US, Soviet Union and Britain signed the Limited Test Ban Treaty, which banned tests of nuclear weapons in the atmosphere, underwater and in space. President John F. Kennedy's science advisor specifically credited the Women's Strike for Peace as having a big impact on the existence of the treaty. After the Limited Test Ban Treaty, the Women's Strike for Peace continued to fight for change. They turned their attention to the Vietnam War and expanded their mandate to call for an end to war everywhere. Dagmar, however, retreated from public life. She moved with her husband to Loudoun County, Virginia and started painting landscapes that captured the farmland slowly disappearing around her. Dagmar died on January 23, 2011 at 94 years old. She transformed an idea at a cocktail party into a movement of women with the power to convince two warring countries to ban nuclear testing and the humor to laugh in the face of Congress. All month, we're talking about peace builders. For more information, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to co-creators Jenny and Liz Kaplan for having me as a guest host. Talk to you tomorrow.